you know that you should turn to Genesis chapter 39. But I'd like to take a couple of minutes and say a couple more things about what we considered earlier in our first service. Psalm 37.4 It's truer than anything you know. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. All of you single, young people, for whom we just prayed. Delight thyself also in the Lord. The also is there because it's in addition to faith. It's in addition to committing your way to Him. It's in addition to trusting God to bring things to pass. It's a step beyond that. Because to delight in Him is to rejoice and be excited about your relationship with God above mere faith. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Be excited about loving God. Be excited about learning Him from Scripture. Be excited about hearing Him preached. Be excited talking and singing about Him. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. You unmarried young people, do you want to be married? Then delight thyself also in the Lord. First of all, God will go to work on your behalf. And He is the greatest matchmaker there is. There, no, none of us can do what He can do. Oh, we want to do it. We watch each of you when you talk to each other. And if we see a twinkle in your eye or your face glow, we get excited. We conspire behind your backs. We start dreaming. We've got more people married in here. But we're not the matchmakers. The God of heaven's the matchmaker. And you delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll be the matchmaker for you. Because He's going to want to give you the desire of your heart. If you are delighting yourself in the Lord, the fathers of the prospects that you're looking at are going to know that about you. And you're going to be greasing the skids in your direction. And that's a good thing. If they know that you delight in the Lord, they're going to want to give one of their children away to you. Because that's what they're looking for. Someone who delights themselves in the Lord. If a person doesn't delight themselves in the Lord... I hope they live and die single. And I will do all in my power to help that happen. Because to marry someone that does not delight in the Lord or fear God is to marry a stone. And it will only bring you pain in life. And I'm going to try to save you from that. We want to marry as high as we can on the scale of spirituality. On those who love the Lord and delight in Him. So first of all, if you're delighting in the Lord, young people, God is on your side as the great matchmaker in heaven. Second, the dads of your prospects are on your side because they delight in those who delight in the Lord. Third, anyone worthy of marrying is only going to be interested in someone who delights in the Lord. So that prospect that you think that you can win by some other human means, cannot be won by those means. No prince, no prince is going to be won by looks. No princess or godly woman is going to be won by accomplishments on the job. They're going to be won by the fear of the Lord. Because the young people of our church should know and should be living by the verse, favor is deceitful. A girl that does favors for you, that's worthless. Beauty is vain. 
But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. They know what to go for. So if you want to be attractive, delight thyself in the Lord. If you don't delight yourself in the Lord, you can do whatever you want to in school. You can do whatever you want to in other activities. We have no interest. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Now let's keep going on this verse. God's on your side. The dads are on your side that you want on your side. The young man or the young woman's on your side. And here's the best of all. Until the Lord provides you a spouse, you're going to be as happy as can be. Because you're delighting in the Lord. And no one is ever going to give you the satisfaction of soul as much as delighting in the Lord. So that is a win-win situation. Until the Lord provides, you're happy in the Lord. When the Lord does provide, you're still happy in the Lord, and you get to be happy with someone else. Delight thyself also in the Lord. How can you lose? Well, what if He doesn't give me one for two years? You'll be happy in the Lord, because He'll be your portion. You win. What if He gives you one in one year? You win double. You win. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Joseph did. He didn't need to take any measures into his own hands. He chose to follow the Lord and to delight in Him and His Word and His law. And the Lord took care of him greatly. We don't read about his wife again. We're going to get to his wife as one of his character traits. We don't read much about her. We don't need to read much about her. Because Joseph was the father and the head of that home. But I can tell you this. Those two boys that he took out of her womb, he taught to fear the Lord. Because he took them down to see his father Jacob and have Jacob bless them. And they were the fathers of two tribes of Israel. Do you know what they did to their mother, her nation, her race, and her religion? Bye-bye. Because they had a father that trained them in the fear of the Lord. Oh yeah, you can understand all of that by reading about who Ephraim and Manasseh were. Their children didn't get mingled into all the tribes of Egypt. They were two tribes of Israel. Two separate tribes of Israel fathered by Joseph. Love or lust? I hear about the L word. That's convenient for us, isn't it? When someone's using something like the L word, they don't know the difference between love or lust. That's why they say that. That's just cheap. Love would never try to get you to sin against God. Ever. Love would never try to get you to sin against your husband or your father. That is lust. It is only lust. There isn't any love attached to it. It is pure lust. Lust is just self, a desire for self-gratification. That is someone just trying to take advantage of you for their own pleasure. That is not love. Love isn't looking for its own pleasure because love gives. Isn't that what we've taught over and over and over again? Love gives. It's looking out for what it can do for you. Not for itself. True love is looking for the other party. It looks to sacrifice itself for its object. Not to take from its object for itself. Don't ever believe that. They're lying to you. Just like the woman in Proverbs chapter 7. Come, let us fill ourselves with loves. All she meant was, I have a lust. Let's go ahead and satisfy it today. My husband's gone on a long journey with a big bag of money. He won't be back in time to catch us. 
But the young fool that entered that house to ever hear such words did not know that death and hell was hiding under those sheets. Don't ever listen to that word love. That shouldn't unlock anything when you hear somebody say that to you. That shouldn't unlock a thing. You shouldn't mean it. You shouldn't want to hear it. And you should send it back to the party that sent it to you until that party has full permission of their parents and you know that it's right before God to even use that word because you don't know what it is when you're young and it's involved with anything outside of full approval of parents and being done in the Lord. It's lust. Genesis chapter 39. We've read Joseph's great response. We'll take just a few more minutes and look at a couple of other events in his life here in this chapter. Verse 10 tells us, It came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. Let's consider two things from that 10th verse. This wasn't an isolated event. You can stir yourselves up once in a while for an isolated event. This was a daily torture test. Day by day. Day by day. She harassed. Here's sexual harassment. You know, sexual harassment that isn't prosecuted in our country like it should be. And that's women with what they wear, say, and do. That's sexual harassment of a young man right here. But notice, it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her. He didn't listen to her. He didn't let her influence his thoughts. He didn't begin to break down, though it was happening day by day. Are some of you tried by temptations day by day? We have a world that's full of temptation. They ram it at us every way they can. There's a devil that tries to get you in connection with it. Do you hearken to it or not? Don't listen to it. To hearken is to listen. To hearken is to consider. Don't even consider it. Cut her off. Ignore. Reject her. Despise her. Hate her. Day by day that he hearkened not unto her. Is his strength a little better than it was before? You know, if Joseph had resisted in those first verses, verses 7 through 9, that's one thing. But to add verse 10 onto it just makes him all the much, all the more greater because he resisted it day by day. Temptation after temptation, time after time, Joseph said, no! No! Get away from me! Right. And he wouldn't even be with her. You know, he wouldn't even stand in the way of sinners. He wouldn't sit in the seat of the scornful. He got away from her. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. If he'd even sat and had tea with her, it would have broken down his inhibitions. It would have broken down his resistance. He wouldn't even be with her. When you see a flirty person, a forward woman or a forward man, a strange woman, get away from them. Don't even talk to them. They can't be among your friends. You can't go where they go. He would not be with her. That's what made him great. The Bible teaches us that. The Bible says, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. That means you don't do anything that would help make it easier for your flesh to sin. Get away from those situations. And Joseph did it. Joseph's our hero. Joseph was a man of character. He would not go anywhere nor associate with anyone that was going to take him away from this. And he came forth of them all. We never read about that woman again. She's rotting. The memory of the wicked 
shall rot. Is what the Bible says. The memory of the righteous is blessed. Here we are blessing Joseph several thousand years later because he was so courageous and he stood by his convictions. He would not even be with her. This shows his great holiness and his temperance. When he denied Potiphar's wife because of the trust that Potiphar had in him, it showed his great faithfulness. His great faithfulness. He had something entrusted to him, and he said, there is no way I can unfairly treat this man who is trusting me so highly. It showed his fear of God, his righteousness, his self-denial. Because his self would have enjoyed it for a moment. But he denied self to please God. And to please God, you must deny self. The Bible has called us to give our bodies a living sacrifice. sacrifice. That means we give up things that we would desire. And if you're not willing to do that, you're going to go down. (coughs) Verse 11. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. What courage of this young man. He risked everything. He scorned a woman. And he was going to have to endure her fury. Isn't it interesting? This woman is going to accuse him of attempted rape. Now what happened? She said, make love to me. Let us fill ourselves with love until the morning. She said, make love with me. Now she's going to accuse him of attempted rape and have him thrown into prison? Ah, the wise man reads that and understands. So the L word is a lie. The L word's a lie when it comes from someone that doesn't fear the Lord. The L word is a lie and it takes you down to hell. She didn't have Joseph's interest in mind at all. In fact, her intent was to destroy him after he wouldn't cooperate with her wicked designs. Read, hear, and learn, men. Read, hear, and learn, women. The L word that comes from anybody that doesn't fear the Lord is worthless. Is worthless. Amnon thought he loved Tamar. You know the story well and what happened. Potiphar's wife said, come lie with me. As if she had some affection or care for Joseph. All she had was for herself. And as soon as she couldn't get her way, as soon as Amnon had his three seconds of pleasure, hatred comes out where love once thought it existed. Learn these things. Learn these things and humble yourself before the Word of God. Those of us who've lived a few years in the world know that these things are true by experience. You shouldn't need to hear our experience because the Word of God is true by itself without our experience. But notice the warning here as we think about this woman and what she did to poor Joseph. But it didn't matter, did it? Do you think Joseph might have known that there were some serious consequences to scorn his master's wife? Do you think he cared when it came down to the issue of sinning against God? He did not care. He went ahead and did it anyway and took that risk and took that trouble. We can speculate on why Potiphar, who knew that he had perfect character, 
threw him into prison, and some of you men have come to me with your speculations about it, and I appreciate your speculations. Because when we read here, we know that his master trusted him entirely. But you know, there may have been some domestic tranquility violated if he hadn't listened to his wife and done something on her behalf. You'll notice that this promoted slave was not executed, but he was put in prison. We just have to leave that with the Lord on how that took place. Whether Potiphar's believed that Joseph was innocent or not, and had to maintain the friendship of his wife in order to keep his home, or whether Potiphar thought that Joseph had slipped in the temptation that's easiest for men to slip. But the issue we want to come to next is, did this discourage Joseph? Did Joseph give up on God because God had allowed this to happen to him? He was not only accused of attempted rape, he was convicted of it. And he was thrown into prison. It says in verse 20, And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. It might not have been all that uncomfortable of a place in comparison to other prisons. We'll leave that between Potiphar and the Lord. Verse 21, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. There we are, back to Joseph's prosperity. But what what can we learn from this character lesson here? There are going to be setbacks in your life. But just remember, who orchestrated the setback? The God of heaven did. And the God of heaven is in charge of the reward that's coming later. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Joseph endured his brothers. Joseph endured the slave train. Joseph endured Potiphar. Joseph endured Potiphar's wife falsely accusing him. Joseph's now in prison. It would be so easy for him to have thought to himself... And he's around 25 years old now. God's forsaken me. The Word of God isn't true. I've delighted in Him. And where are the desires of my heart? When the Bible says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart, He doesn't say when. The timing is up to the Lord. The delighting in Him is up to you. The timing is the Lord's timing. And the Lord's timing is always the best timing. We don't know what was accomplished in the soul of Joseph during those years. We don't know what was accomplished back in Jacob's family during those years while Joseph was in Potiphar's employment and then in prison. But we trust the Lord. He did not get discouraged. He did not believe that God's promises would no longer come to pass. He still trusted the Lord and the Lord still blessed him. Even in prison, the Lord can bless you. You know, we sang a song a few minutes ago. Prisons would palaces prove as long as the Lord is with me there, and the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. It doesn't say much about Joseph and his praying habits, his reading habits. There wasn't much to read. Please remember when Joseph existed. But you know what? It tells us that the Lord was with him, and whenever anything came up where Joseph needed to call upon the Lord 
The Lord heard his prayer and came to his rescue immediately, like the interpretation of dreams. So you can count on one thing. Joseph was still walking with the Lord. Because the Lord did not leave him nor forsake him, but was with him through all these difficulties. As soon as he, even though he went to prison, as soon as he was in prison, he still trusted the Lord that the Lord was going to take care of him. He had great faith, and he showed his great faithfulness, even in prison, as a prisoner. You know, some of you children whine and complain and think that your lot in life is so terrible with loving parents and a home, brothers and sisters and a church, school and food and United States citizenship. But you still want to complain. Joseph was in prison. But he didn't complain. He didn't whine. He didn't lose his faith. He didn't get discouraged. He continued to follow the Lord. And that is what we need to do whenever we face setbacks in our lives. And they will come. Count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. The Lord is going to bring divers' temptations into our lives to try us. They will probably not be equal to Joseph's. But when they come, count it all joy if you want it lifted. In Job chapter 36, Elihu will tell Job, if you had learned the lesson a little sooner and had not tried to justify yourself and moan about what God had done in your life, he would have lifted this a long time ago. If you want your lessons to be short in life, then count them all joy and they'll be lifted because the lesson will have been learned and you can progress onward in your relationship with God. Joseph did that. Though he had serious setbacks in his life and God's favor and promises seemed far off, he didn't despair or become destroyed. He trusted God and His promises as much as ever. His faith was very great. His faith ignored the circumstances of his life. You know, it is, this, it is our sinful flesh. It is a dart of the devil that says, but look at my circumstances. No, don't look at them. Look to the Lord whose word never fails. Peter looked to his circumstances and began to sink in the water. If he had kept his eyes on the Lord and believing the words, come to me on the water. That's enough. Come to me on the water. Jump over that gunnel and go to him. It's when you start looking at your circumstances. You know, I don't know of anyone in here that has circumstances all that terrible to begin with. It's pitiful. I don't even know why we have to preach on something like this or even think about it. I mean, Joseph is in prison. It's been eight years or so since he was sold by his brothers. But the Lord's still with him. The Lord can be with you anywhere, at any time, through anything. And never... Never turn away from Him nor lose your trust or confidence in Him. He will never leave thee nor forsake thee if thou wilt put your trust in Him. What a story about Joseph. Great faith, faithfulness. Look at his long suffering. Was he able to suffer long? Was he patient? Was he temperate? He was all those things. Let's see one more thing about him on a different note before we leave. Verse 1 of chapter 40. It came to pass after these things, the butler and the king of Egypt, the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. 
And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued a season in ward. Joseph was faithful even in prison, so that the keeper of the prison, he didn't worry about a thing that was going on in there because Joseph was in charge of the whole place. He didn't need to take a roster of all the prisoners. He didn't need to see if they were all there. Joseph would take care of all that. What faithfulness, even in prison. Does school sometimes feel like a prison, young people? Does home sometimes feel like a prison? Does your job sometimes feel like a prison? Ah, Joseph's got an answer for you, even in prison. You can be faithful and fulfill the responsibilities that your parents, teacher, or employer have put on you. Be faithful like Joseph, and you'll come out of prison. You'll come forth of them all. Verse 5, And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning, and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And with this I want to end. Here is another character trait very different. When was the last time you read about prison being a place where men care about each other? In prison, men don't care very much about each other. They're looking to use each other. They're looking to take advantage of each other. I've heard many, many stories about it. But it's not a place where you would ordinarily think of compassion for another person. But I want you to read something and hear something about Joseph. Even though he's in prison, when he sees the butler and the baker, after they've been there a while, he gets up one morning and he sees that they have sad faces. And I want you to notice, he asked Pharaoh's officers in verse 7 that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? This man, though so great, though so good-looking, though so faithful, though so abused by so many, though he could have been bitter, though he could have been very hardened, was still very compassionate and very empathetic with those around him. Sympathetic. Inquiring out of compassion for these two men, why were they so sad? He cared even for his prisoners that were not truly his charge. They were the enemies of the king of Egypt. But he cared about them. And I want you to notice about the character of Joseph. It is so broad, as the Bible records it for us, that he would even have an interest in the unhappy faces of the enemies of the king of Egypt that were under his control in the prison of Egypt. How compassionate and interested and empathetic are you with your brothers and sisters in the church of God? How much do you care for each of the brothers and sisters sitting around you this day? The character of Joseph was such that even in prison he cared for others. Let me remind you there are two commandments. And the whole Bible rests on both of them. The love of God and the love of neighbor. Jesus said that's it. That's all of it. Love of God and love of neighbor. We already know Joseph loved God. Now we learn something else about him. How much he loved his neighbors. Even prisoners that were under his care. Tomorrow some of you will go out and be masters. 
How much do you love and care about your employees? Some of you may be teachers. How much do you love and care about your pupils? Your parents, how much do you love and care about your children? Your children, how much do you love and care about your schoolmates? Your brothers and sisters, how much do you care about other people? Do you know that right now in this assembly there are people hurting? And what are you going to do about it? Why do you have an unhappy face? Because he cared about them. Isn't that a wonderful Joseph? What kind of thoughts do you have for others? The Bible says, consider one another. Consider one another. The Bible says, as being bound with them and being part of the same body. Do you do that? Do you have that kind of compassionate feelings for other people? Or are you so selfish? All you do is think your own stupid little thoughts and go through your stupid little routine and not shake it up once in a while by getting outside it to think about other people. The life of a Christian and the life of the happiest people alive is serving others. Jesus taught Paul, and Paul taught the elders at Ephesus, and Luke taught us by writing it down. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Joseph cared about other people, and I pray to God that we will care about others as well. We can see his fear and love of God. How can I commit this great wickedness and sin against God? There's his love of God. He was hinting that he loved Potiphar too, didn't he? Because you know how you love your neighbor? You don't touch his wife. Romans chapter 13. But even prisoners in the prison of Egypt, Joseph cared about. We're not in a prison. We're in the house of God, and this is the family of God. I beg each of you, in addition to your faithfulness, your faith, your diligence, your zeal, your conviction, your putting off of any temptations to fornication, and in addition to all the things we've learned and read about Joseph so far, you'll add another one. The positive virtue of caring about others and going after them to inquire about their pain and see if you can take it away for them. The compassion of Joseph in addition to his conviction, in addition to his courage, in addition to his abilities, in addition to his faithfulness. He had the package. He had the package the Lord wants us to have. The love of me and the love of your neighbor. And I'll give you your neighbors to see how much you'll love them. We're not in prison. We haven't had two new prisoners put in our care. We're in this church. You're in a family. You're in a neighborhood. You're in a workplace. And those people that have come across your path, God put them there. He is the great director of life. Love your neighbor and be like Joseph. May the Lord bless us to walk out of this place and to be convicted against sin as much as Joseph was and to be as compassionate toward others as Joseph was. May the Lord bless the preaching of Joseph to the profit of your hearts and lives. Amen.